I'm Jeff. I'm Kia. And I'm Craig. And we, we just watched Carnival of Souls. Good luck, Mary. Stop by and see us the next time you're in. Thank you. But I'm never coming back. I don't know about that girl. How do you mean? Day before yesterday, she was the only one of three girls to survive an accident. I think she'd feel a little something. Maybe in her place, I'd do the same thing. Just pick up life again. That old pavilion out by the lake. Somehow you associate it with all this, don't you? There was someone else there. That strange man was there. Hysteria won't solve anything. Now control yourself. You think I imagined all of it, don't you? You think I'm insane? I didn't say that. I don't mean that. Well, if she's got a problem, it'll go right along with her. Well, I'm just going to read the synops or the description from IMDb. And it says, after a traumatic accident, a woman becomes drawn to a mysterious abandoned carnival. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. What made you pick this one, Kia? Um, we watched it a while back and we liked it and then I watched it a couple of months back and liked it again so I thought it might be a fun one for the podcast and trying to pick some older movies that maybe a lot of people haven't seen or not you know trying to pick some older movies uh Jeff had you seen this one before no but I've heard of it yeah. and I was it a? Uh, it's very similar to the hitchhiker episode of twilight zone which that was also, that was based on a, like a radio play. It's also like kind of, I feel like it's a, a a theme that has been used in other things. It's been like, I guess a lot of other movies and TV shows have been influenced by it yeah. over the years. Sure. And there's also some literary, you know, things that came before uh, that yeah. also ended up on Twilight Zone too. Yeah. But uh, I don't want to, I don't want to say too much That's because already, it, that was stuff i was going to bring up both of you already brought both of them well up I, we don't want to get too far into it before we even talk about the movie because <laughs> it's kind of spoilery i guess but i mean this obviously is like a hallmark that's been around a really long time so mm -hmm. you know it's not like super guarded secrets or anything yeah. i think i saw it back when i had heard it was a kind of an influence on george romero and you know kind of how he got started and everything and a lot of people compare this movie with Nine Living Dead just in its style and the fact that it's kind of a low-budget, you know, horror movie from the 60s shot in black and white and everything. So i definitely seen it before. Yeah, the lead actress looks a lot like the lead actress from Night of the Living Dead. In I can fact, totally see that, yeah. In fact, I looked it up because I was like, is this the same woman? Yeah. And I was like, oh, no, it's different. She just looks very similar. Yeah, but... it's kind of a, a look people had, I guess, yeah. you know, a little bit. podcast I rec when I picked the movie I mentioned that you know the first five minutes of the really bad ADR I was just like just don't quit on the movie because <laughs> it does look really bad but mm. in five minutes all that goes away and it just becomes regular people talking but at the same time I still liked that because they were just regular people like when I looked this movie up she was the only trained actress so I like how in the beginning even with the sloppy ADR, or not sloppy, but it's ADR, so ADR always looks kind of bad to me. But I still like this is regular people. Like, we kind of get a glimpse of what life was like in this town in 1962. These are probably people that were just hanging out and that just showed up to the movie set that day and just became extras in a movie. So I kind of thought that was cool, too. 
it's cool too because since it's the early 60s it kind of has that timeless kind of look to it like twilight zone does and uh, it doesn't become super dated because i mean obviously you know you start rolling into the 60s and you have style choices and fashion choices that would make it look of an era and i mean i guess it still looks <laughs> it still looks early 60s in a lot of ways but it, it, I feel like uh, it has that tone of a Twilight Zone movie, uh, mm-hmm. or Twilight Zone episode, rather, a little bit. Yeah, that's what I was thinking that when I was watching it. Like, oh, this feels like a Twilight Zone episode. And I love the score. I love that, like, the the score is her organ playing, because <laughs> that's part of the plot of the movie. She's moving from wherever she is to somewhere else, because she got a job as a church organist. <laughs> and there's this enormous pipe organ that she's playing on. It's like so big that I thought, like, did the filmmakers like find this pipe organ? They're like, we got to use this in a movie. Like, <laughs> well, no, actually, apparently, because I looked this up, um, her being a church organist was basically they just found this. I think it was like an organ shop of some sort that just looked really great, and so they thought, oh, okay, well, we'll make her a church organist so we can use this location. Mm-hmm. And also the sound, uh, I-, I like how the music isn't overly used. Like there's lots of quiet moments and even the sound dropping out altogether to kind of make things a little creepier and augment things. Again, when you think of a modern movie where they force you to feel things with the score Mm -hmm. and, you know, zingers and stuff like that, this movie pretty much avoids that. And the music's more for mood and emphasis sometimes. So Plus organs already kind of have that funeral sound to them Mm. unless it's like the organ at my church that i grew up in it was gospelized so it was definitely not (laughs) funeral sounding (laughs) but like when it's played slow or if you ever ever go to a funeral it always is slow and it has that sound so it's already already a little creepy yeah i think so yeah when when she tries to play it a little upbeat she gets uh, in trouble for it (laughs) yeah when she's really kind of jamming on it or whatever the really playing it upbeat or jamming so much as she's being taken over (laughs) by dark forces profane sacrilege what are you playing in this church have you no respect do you feel no reverence and i feel sorry for you and your lack of soul yeah, that guy just instantly gets pissed. He's like, "Don't play that. You're fired." <laughs> yes, like, soulless, sacrilege. <laughs> but but you can still come to our church. I like how he tries to like bring it back. He's just like, "Well, I mean, don't don't take it too hard." Um, play. She um, she maybe wore it on her sleeve a little too much that she didn't believe in anything the church yeah. was doing. That maybe yeah. wasn't the best foot to lead with <laughs> when you're getting a job at a church. So basically the, the, the start of it is that these t- these young people are racing, which I think is cool because it's like guys in a car racing women in a car, which it's usually guys and guys. Mm. So these girls were like, yeah, we can take these guys on. <laughs> and they couldn't. <laughs> they, their car goes over a bridge, crashes into the water. And then the main lady, Mary Henry, I think is her name. She comes out of the water and... And, and so she's traumatized by this, um, and that's why she wants to, to leave this town. And then she goes to, I don't know if it's ever said exactly where she goes, but when I look the story up, everything's in Utah. So I think it's Utah, Salt Lake, right? Yeah, that's where she's going, Salt Lake. 
that's why she left because she's traumatized. Mm, wants so, a fresh start, maybe. And wants a fresh start. Yeah. And as she's driving, she sees in the distance this creepy abandoned building. And that's the building that keeps drawing her. It's a really cool building because it's not a set. It's just like a real abandoned building that has, I think it was like a, it's called, it was called Salt Air Pavilion and it was like a Mormon thing. Mm -hmm. And it was built, I think it said in the 1890s, then it burned down in the 20s and then they rebuilt it. And then it was abandoned in like 1958, something like that. And it's kind of amusement park-esque. It's an amusement park slash ballroom and it's huge. It looks pretty interesting. Oh, yeah. Calling it a building is almost like underselling it because it almost looks like... A pavilion. Yeah, like Taj Mahal is. style yeah. almost, where it had, you know, interesting architecture and everything. Um, yeah, and apparently the filmmaker in real life... Yeah, it's that he was just driving in 1961 and saw that building and went... Or the pavilion and went to it and looked and decided this might be a great movie. Mm. She also sees that like creepy ghost guy with all the <laughs> yeah. white makeup on his face. Yeah, that's. Yeah, I guess he's called the Man, yeah. and that's actually um, Herc Harvey. That's the director of the movie. So, and you mentioned, well, I I saw it, and then you agreed, because um, I've never seen David Lynch movies, but mm -hmm. there's a Lost Highway movie that has a a man similar to that look. I forgot what they called him. But I'm not sure, but but yeah, it's a very and I'm pretty sure it's Robert Blake plays that part, so it's oh, right. it's augmented now in retrospect. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like David Lynch is one of the reasons this kind of had a second wind because when Twin Peaks became a huge phenomenon, this was one of the things in interviews that he cited as an influence. You know, the dreamlike qualities of tw Twin Peaks and his filmmaking in general. Th this was a major influence on him, so a lot of people tracked it down. And since it's in the public domain. It was extremely easy to, to come across and to come on television over the years and, you know, kind of be an air filler for a lot of, you know, dead air and everything. So a lot of people saw it back in the day. The director, his background is uh, student films, right? Like documentaries, Education, educational yeah. films. Yeah. So his crew and everything, they were professionals. They'd just never really done a narrative film. Mm -hmm. So I think that's one of the reasons, even though it's super low budget, it, it looks fantastic. It looks on par with anything made in that era. Yeah. Um, so it's almost like unfair to call it a B-movie because it's very professional and stylish and yeah. everything. But straightforward. They don't really do a whole lot of like... There's no like student filmmaking moments for the most part. It's all like straight, straight ahead filmmaking and everything. Uh, just part of the storyline that I thought was kind of it, kind of weird, interesting is where she, you know, she goes to this place where she's going to be living, and there's one other person living there, and it's like this creepy, rapey dude. He's like, <laughs> he's just I, like instantly as soon as she's like not even in the door yet, and he's already like, "Hey, what's going on? Uh, so you're single, huh?" Oh, and he's like checking her out, like giving her like looking down all the way up yeah. and down her, and just like. <laughs> They were just like, be as creepy as possible. And he's like, I got you, bud. All right, what's up? You know. Just... <laughs> it's funny that you say that, Jeff, because uh, I feel like when we watched this Kia, we thought he was kind of charming. Oh, <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, you first... might be a little pushing it a little bit to when say we... charming. But... When we first watched it, my initial instinct was, oh, this is a creepy guy. But then I thought, oh, he's just a nice guy. This is going to sound really weird. That's just kind of persistent 
he's really into her. He's not gonna take no for an answer, which sounds bad, but you know what I mean. <laughs> it's a different era, it's maybe. A, yeah. Well, it's just like, you know, he sees her and he thinks, I really like her. We're meant to be, I'm, you know, I'm coming on strong, but I just really like this girl. And he didn't do anything weird initially, right? He invited her to dinner. She said no. He left. He came over with coffee the next day. They had a completely normal conversation and he left. So I thought he's just, he really likes her. And then well, he, he also, takes like, her out. The next morning when he really got crazy. there, he was just like, hey, you want to drink some whiskey? Yeah. He was just like, dude, it's eight in the morning. <laughs> he tried to spike her. He's weird, but then he didn't, right? Yeah. He was like, okay, I'll just drink it. And then they start talking about her job and being an organist. And and so I was like, oh, he's just a persistent guy, but he's really into her. But then they finally do go out on a date. And like immediately he's just like, oh, you don't like beer either? Oh, well, he just becomes like the biggest a-hole. What's the matter? Do you like the music either? I like it fine. <laughs> you don't like it? You don't like to dance and you don't like to drink? You don't like for a man to hold you close. That's it, isn't it? I didn't say that. You haven't said anything all evening. And then he's, she's like, yeah, well, why don't you take me home? He's like, all right, let's do it. And I'll take you home. <laughs> and then they get home and he's just like, so when are we taking our clothes off? Yeah, and she's, was... then she starts yeah. acting weird. And he's like, you know what? Fuck you. I'm out of here. <laughs> Basically, yeah. And he was a, an acting student at the time of the movie. And then afterwards, I think he became like a professor yeah. and acting of some sort. So. I could see it. At what point? Well, okay. I was gonna say, at what point do you realize something's off? But I guess that would be in the opening she... scene when she sees <laughs> a ghost, a ghost figure. <laughs> okay, that's. <laughs> I mean, it's it's pretty early on, but 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 I see what you mean. It kind of ramps up as as we go. It ramps up. More yeah, she sees a ghost that... figure or the man, this weird, creepy looking guy, and then she goes to the the apartment store and while she's changing clothes again i think it's really cool because that's just an on-set department store and i read the director paid a lady that actually worked there to just kind of i guess i guess i was a lady that was helping her or whatever so it's just interesting also to see what a department store looked like back then mm. i don't know i can see that yeah. but um and just regular people shopping but so the second kind of weird thing that happens is when she's changing like the sound drops out and it becomes really quiet and then she goes outside and she's like, she goes back to the sales lady and she says, I'll take this dress. And the sales lady doesn't hear her, doesn't see her. And no one can hear her or see her. And so no, that's I, strange. I, no, I totally, I, and I liked that, <laughs> that scene a lot too. And it's kind of classic like Gothic literature style where, you know, this, this character is questioning her sanity and questioning, you know, what's really going on. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, us as viewers, you know, in, in the year 2022, we might have a pretty good idea of what's going on, right? But again, if you look at it in the lens of when this came out, it was a little more novel and mind-blowing just, for people back then, I'll just I'm sure. say, I also saw that this was an inspiration for M. Night Shyamalan, and clearly... Yeah. Yeah, I, think, I feel oh, like yeah. he gets all the props for that whole... Modern era, thing, yeah, for but, sure, yeah. Yeah. And uh, Are You Afraid of the Dark? <laughs> Which is, people have accused M. Night Shyamalan of ripping off an episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark for... Similar reasons. ...the other movie (laughs) that we won't won't say yet. Sure. Um, Do do we want to just go ahead and do recommendations and stuff before we get into just the full-fledged... Recommendations? Well, uh, in terms of, like, rating this and recommending it, 
and then go into the spoiler, the full-on, like, let's just talk about the ending and everything. I mean, I would definitely recommend it. Yeah. I would give it... It's not a perfect movie because, I mean, it's hard to, for a movie to be perfect, but I would give it a solid A-. minus. Yeah. A-. minus Again, not perfect. Some bad ADR. Some, um... She clearly was not playing that organ. <laughs> um, <laughs> what makes you say that? Um, because her hands were just moving way too quick for the yeah. music. And, um, cool. And you definitely recommend it then. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Jeff? Um, I give it a B. Yeah. It's good. I, I would recommend it. Yeah. Especially, I mean, it's, it's short and it's super easy to find. Yeah. So. I would also, I would recommend it. For the story, which is good, but also for the imagery. I think there's a lot of good imagery in here. And like towards the end where you have like the creepy dancing and stuff where it looks like a Smashing Pumpkins video or something. <laughs> um, just the imagery alone is really creepy. And that it's in black and white makes it even creepier. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I'm totally on the same page as you guys. I, I feel like it's also, Kia, you mentioned this when we watched it last time, that you know, young filmmakers should be looking at this. Uh, so often we're going back to like wonderful movies, like say an evil dead of the world and go, Oh, that's the type of, you know, B movie, you know, indie movie I want to make as my first film totally worth aspiring to. But, you know, you go back a little bit, this is another example of, you know, really low budget filmmaking yeah. granted made by professionals. So it's a little unfair, <laughs> you know, <laughs> they have like a little more training than the average, you know, film student. Yeah. But, um, Still, I think it's worth looking at as an example of how story can kind of carry uh, yeah. carry a movie and not just the effects and, you know, stylized things all the time. One of the cool things about us going back and looking at old movies is that all these movies that we like and directors that we like now, they were inspired by all these old things and all mm -hmm. these, these older movies and older directors. So it's interesting to go back and look at those and you can see the blueprint or whatever for stuff that is being done today. I think that's really interesting. Yeah. So, okay, now you have it. Definitely seek it out. It's, like Jeff said, it's all over the place because this is public domain. So you, if you find a bad copy of it somewhere, look around a little bit because you can find a good copy <laughs> yeah. pr pretty easily. Criterion has a version of this. So Yeah, even the one on YouTube looks really good. Mm. It's like, that's where I watched it. Nice. <laughs> it's pretty high quality. Now let's just talk about it. No holds barred, because uh because -oh. there were uh, Twilight Zone episodes you mentioned, and you know influences that we kind of saw. Uh, well, you mentioned Twilight Zone. There's another short movie that got mentioned that came out the same year, which is on that Twilight Zone collection that I think we all have. Mm -hmm. The um, occurrence at Owl Creek Bridge. Sure. Oh it's yeah. It's a French film that was i think it was mostly silent and black and white but mm -hmm. twilight zone aired it well that's what i meant with uh, literary you know there's a tradition of this sort of thing going on with you know that that short story and then also james joyce the turn of a screw that there's there's lots of stories back in the day that you know have characters that are kind of questioning if they're even really here or not right and then you know revelations happen right i i, I like too that there's a whole sequence where she you know, she's having all these episodes, seeing this guy over and over, and she just bumps into like a concerned citizen, I guess. This, yeah. this man that a... takes her back to an off her his office, yeah. and they really, 
get into the nuts and bolts of what's happening to her. He's a doctor of some sort. Yeah. For all we know, he could be a gynecologist. I don't know. <laughs> but he definitely made it seem like, I'm a doctor of the mind. Come back to my office and let me talk to you about yeah. this. You're in luck. You're not going <laughs> to believe what my profession is. But, yeah. but what's weird, though, is like after she lays it all out for him, there's one line where he says specifically, well, I'm not a psychologist. <laughs> I, I don't understand you. I'm not a psychiatrist, and, and perhaps I'm being clumsy at all this. But I am suggesting that perhaps this figure represents a guilt feeling. Oh, that's ridiculous. Maybe. Frankly, I don't know. It's like, well, I am a podiatrist, but <laughs> technically I'm a doctor, he but... He could be a psychologist. He could just be a, a therapist. We uh, never possibly. know. Possibly. Yeah. He could, yeah. He... I don't know. After he said that line, I was like, is this guy just like an accountant? <laughs> he just has like a nice office and he was like, oh, I'll take her back here and we'll just, you know, we'll hatch it out a little bit. So. She like lays all that stuff out and he's like, well, when I said I was a doctor, I didn't mean I was that kind of doctor. <laughs> um, I can give you some ibuprofen. When, when doctor that might help, you know. education. Which I he guess did, he just keeps sedating her over and over again. Oh, yeah. just, you just need to sleep. Yeah. But she says something interesting at that initial meeting about... Um, because I think he specifically asked her if she has a man in her life or something like that. And she basically says, no, I don't have any desire for that basically at all. So I don't know. I don't remember if it was not a desire to not have a relationship with a man or just not to even have relationships with people, period. Mm. I don't remember. So I think that was interesting because throughout the movie, you do see that there's a disconnect between her and everyone that she kind of comes into contact with, like the creepy guy that lives in the boarding house and the landlady, they kind of get along, but at some point the landlady also wants her out of the house mm. and the doctor's weird and she never connects well with anybody. And even before she leaves town, she doesn't connect with people. The guy that's being super nice to her at the organ shop is like, well, come back here. And she's like, I'm never coming back here again. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so she just has broken relationships kind of with everyone, so. Have we actually said yet that she's dead? <laughs> oh my we, gosh! Well, that's, well, I mean, that's why I said we should do the recommendations. Yeah. yeah I mean, this, I think this is the spoiler part, it. right? Yeah, Did yeah. I say something wrong? <laughs> that, yeah, she's clearly dead because at the end of the movie, they pull the car out and she's in the car and she's dead. Yeah. The difference is between this and Sixth Sense is that everyone can see her until they can't. Like it's like she's kind of going in and out. I'm not really sure because sometimes she can interact with people mm. and sometimes they can't see her or hear her. So when I was um, re looking this up, I saw an interpretation that this is all like a hallucination between the time the car goes over into the bridge and between the time that they pull the car out or that she officially dies or whatever, I guess. And that's kind of like what happens on the occurrence at Owl Creek mm -hmm. Bridge before his next snaps as he's being hung is when he has this dream that I'm being reunited with my wife. I've escaped and I'm being reunited with my wife. So yeah, so maybe none of that actually really happened. She had a very dour dream in, in comparison to the guy at occurrence at Owl Creek. She yeah, hers is very like... <laughs> and if it was a dream, there is a dream within a dream because when she goes to get her car serviced, oh, yeah. she has another dream while she's... It's like Inception. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and that dream, if that and yeah, that, well, that definitely was a dream. She runs away and no one can see her again. She goes to get on the bus and the bus is full of these ghouls, these white-faced Oh, yeah. That's um, a really creepy image, beings. too. Yeah. yeah. And they're all kind of like reaching out to her. And she's like, 
I don't think so. And then she tries to run away. <laughs> was that your interpretation, Jeff? This that it was straight up a dream and, you know, kind of an occurrence at Owl Creek type situation? I guess so. That was actually going to be one of my questions was like, was this a dream or was it a, was she like a ghost? But she couldn't have been a ghost because other people were interacting with her and stuff. So I mean, she could be like a classic ghost that can take form that people can see and interact with and hear her and maybe she's very authentic because she doesn't realize yeah. she's dead type of situation maybe i mean there's a chance i guess well it's like that episode of the hitchhiker where or the episode of the twilight zone it's called the hitchhiker where at the end of the episode this is also spoiling the hitchhiker episode <laughs> if you've never seen twilight zone but the the episode ends where she calls her mom and or someone answers the phone and they're like oh uh she had to go to the hospital because she was so distraught over her daughter dying in this car accident. And then she's the daughter and she realized mm. like, Oh, I died, you know? Yeah, yeah. So like all of like, she was interacting with people in that episode, but she kept seeing that same hitchhiker all the time. So was, was she supposed to be a ghost or, you know, it's kind of hard to tell. Jeff had mentioned that, um, I think that had been adapted before on right. radio, right? Orson mm-hmm. Welles show that he used to do. So, I mean, it was in, popular culture leading into Twilight Zone mm. and Carnival of Souls. So it oh, definitely the, has to be an influence. Well, the occurrence at Owl Creek Bridge is also a story that was written in the 1890s yeah, by yeah. a Civil War vet. So it goes that idea. Maybe, because I, when I first saw it, I think I thought it was real. And then it wasn't until I read about it that I thought maybe it was this hallucination. But I don't know, maybe she was, her spirit hadn't completely gone so maybe she was able to walk the earth and kind mm-hmm. of blink in and out of existence until she gave gave you know gave into it. I don't know. I don't know. You know, now that I think about it, it may have been like a hallucination or something that she was dreaming as she was dying. Because like when she there's that scene at the beginning where she comes out of the water and she's like completely dry, but then she's like interacting with the police and everything. And they're like, where are the other people that were in the car with you? You know, so like, uh, but then later it shows them like dragging the car out of the water and you see her body there. And and now that you say that, Jeff, they're all very low key too about her surviving this thing. Like no one's like, it's, it's a fucking miracle. No one's, (laughs) no one really is like, you know, they're all kind of subdued and dreamlike you know in retrospect it feels that way and when i didn't think that at all when i watched it you know here recently but Mm. talking about it they were very like low-key about this lady surviving what should have been a pretty fatal accident it's mary henry are you all right how'd you get out yeah put this on we better get you back to town what about the other girls I don't remember. They weren't like, oh my God, how did you survive? Like, yeah, I'm so, yeah. I can't believe you survived. That's so great. Instead, they're like, just we like, need to check you out just in case, or, yeah. you know, or anything. They were just like, okay, go home. Like, oh, are you okay? <laughs> well, where are the other girls? <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess they yeah. died. All right, well, whatever. <laughs> yeah, there's one, as they're walking away, their very last guy on that little piece of land or whatever that they're standing on, he, he does look at the water and kind of shrug like, oh. So, like, what are you going to do? That water is extremely murky. Like, even in black and white, I'm like, that is some muddy water. (laughs) Uh, Real quick, uh, Kia, you kind of touched on some of the images that you liked a lot. Uh, Jeff, was there any, like, imagery from the movie that you thought really kind of jumped out? I mean, the main thing was that 
pipe organ. I was yeah, like, yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, I just think the the hitchhiker, like the or the hitchhiker, the this, the creepy guy, like the makeup and everything, made him look super creepy. Yeah. And all of the the ghouly people. <laughs> there's um, it's not in the movie, but there's a shot, I guess, a publicity shot from this movie where the lady is standing on the beach. And the man is behind her being all creepy. And then they reunite it like in the 90s at some point um, and kind of redid that shot. And it's still really creepy. And it's even creepier because now he's older <laughs> in the white makeup and it's even creepier. I feel like a lot of 90s music videos were inspired by classic mm. films or something. Well, uh, and these people never went on to do anything else really substantial, right? They, they... they didn't do any other... Um, feature films but they apparently were very successful in making educational films because mm -hmm. i read one at one place that it would always irritate the director when he was asked why did you never make direct anything else and he did it just wasn't a feature film you know yeah maybe he felt like he got all of his creative stuff out with that you know that narrative film and he was cool just being you know a journeyman yeah. you know just making documentary style almost educational films which apparently educational films aren't a thing anymore. Oh, I th really? I think that kind of like stopped around 2000 or so because that was an initiative uh, after Sputnik happened. Mm -hmm. uh, the powers that be were like, we, we have to like amp up our education system. And that was one of the angles was, you know, education films. I wonder when they officially stopped because I felt like when we were in school, our educational films were often from the 60s and 70s. And yeah. they were always old anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Well, now we have stuff like, you know, Discovery Channel and History Channel and stuff like that. So they kind of... It's not like a direct pipeline to schools. It's right. more like for everyone. And, yeah. But yeah. what do they show in school when the teacher doesn't want to teach that day? Probably yeah. stuff <laughs> like Jeff was talking about, the Discovery Channel style, you know, documentaries maybe. Yeah. yeah. I remember like a lot of those as a kid too, like elementary school was like beneath the sea or whatever, yeah. you know, <laughs> stuff like that. I do, I, one thing I will say, I think this has a really good line in it. You know how like in Rebel Without a Cause, he's like, you're tearing me apart. And then, <laughs> sure. But anyway, in this movie, um, when the creepy guy is there and he's been rejected like a thousand times and finally leaves, <laughs> she screams. She's like, I don't want to be left alone. I don't want to be alone. <laughs> I don't know. I just really like that part. Yeah. I just like, I felt the emotion because usually throughout the movie, she's kind of confused and scared and timid and quiet and then she really like that outburst and then and the, her dream within a dream or whatever when she's talking to the doctor and it turns out to be the man and he turns around in the chair and she like lunges at the camera and screams i just really like both of those moments are like really intense i did too you know it's funny that tra the chair swivel thing it's like the whole time you know what's going to happen mm -hmm. yeah you can see his hair yeah it's just like you know but it still kind of works yeah. like like when he turns around it it still kind of had that like oomph or whatever yeah. it was really cool yeah all right well all three of us recommend it check her out i'm jeff i'm kia and i'm craig and, and we, we just reviewed carnival of souls it's time once again for... We're back. Jeff is playing Kia. I'm your host and MC. This week, I crafted <laughs> some trivia. It's going to be David Lynch trivia. I 
<laughs> major influence, or he, he was majorly influenced by Carnival of Souls. That's the linkage. How many, have you seen a lot of David Lynch stuff? Um, not a lot. Oh, I've seen none. Let's go. <laughs> You've not seen, one yeah. David Lynch thing have I seen. But you know who he is, correct? I seen Twin Peaks commercials okay, when well, I was a child. That's all you need. <laughs> all right, question one. Other than Alan Smithy, Lynch has been credited under what name? Jeff. Yes. David Lynch. <laughs> good, good guess, but no. No. I, I, I don't know. Would you like the options? Oh, yes. A, Danger Baby. B, Judas Booth. C, Benedict Pilate. D, Donald Nixon. Donald Nixon? Incorrect. Judas Booth. Huh? I've never seen that name anywhere. Yeah, uh, that was, he was so frustrated with Dune, the television version of it, how they edited it and everything, that one of his credits was, was uh, <laughs> Judas Booth. <laughs> Question two. Lynch is a famous lover of coffee. How many cups a day did he claim to have drunk during the making of Eraserhead? That's his first film, major film. Yes. Yes. 16. Incorrect. Oh. I don't like the options. Okay. <laughs> How many cups of coffee did he drink? A, 10. B, 25. C, 40. D, 65. 65. Incorrect. It was 40. That's still a shitload of coffee. Of coffee. <laughs> That's just like steady stream of diarrhea because you are just, <laughs> you know, super fueled. Okay. Question three. Lynch has directed over 30 commercials. Which of these products is not the subject of a Lynch advert? Okay, so here are the options. Which of these did he not do a commercial for? A. PlayStation 2. B. Lavazza Coffee. C. Barilla Pasta. D. Nissan Micra. Kia. Yes. Barilla Pasta. Incorrect. Jeff. Yes. Nissan, whatever that thing was. <laughs> no, oh. it's, it's the coffee. He, I thought oh. you would have done that because That's he's a the, coffee I, drinker. You know, I led, I led you guys into that. Yeah. <laughs> this is a tight race. <laughs> <laughs> Question four. I couldn't even remember his name in that, that <laughs> one trivia we did. <laughs> All right. Question four. Uh, Lynch collaborated with Mel Brooks on what film? Uh, Kia. Yes. Yes, Kia. Eraserhead. Incorrect. Uh, Blazing Saddles. <laughs> Incorrect. Oh. Uh, it was the Elephant Man. Uh, Mel oh. Brooks was like a silent producer, kind of like how he did with Cronenberg and the, the Fly. He directed that. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. All right. Question five. Famously offered the chance to direct what sci-fi film? Jeff. Yes. Return of the Jedi. This is correct. He turned it down. He then ironically ended up doing Dune, and it was horrible yeah. for him. You know what? So. I have not seen Elephant Man. I was thinking of Mask. Oh. Well, <laughs> you know, I could understand There's a similarity that. there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, question yeah. six. But I love the oh, interview oh. with David Lynch where he's talking about that. He's like, watch a Wookiee. You know. <laughs> so George invited me out to his house and I was he was like, I want you to direct a Star Wars. And he was showing me the Wookiees and I was like, What's a Wookiee? Uh, it would have been a really strange I mean I can't imagine it would have happened. Like like after a week he probably yeah. would have left. I mean like, I don't know what's going on here. 
Han Solo. <laughs> All right. Why is he in this metal stuff? I. Um, why are they fighting over some big vagina? <laughs> Six. Was offered the chance to direct what famous teen comedy? Kia. Yes. Teen Wolf. <laughs> incorrect. <gasps> Wonderful answer, but incorrect. Teen comedy? Yes. Porkies. <laughs> I just, just want to no. kind of guess a couple more, just okay, for fun. Let's, let's do it. Teen Is comedy. Is this eighties? Uh, yes. Yes. Sixteen Candles. Incorrect. License to Drive. <laughs> oh, that would have been amazing, but no. Uh, oh, Jeff. Jeff's got it. Uh, pretty in Pink. Incorrect. Oh. Do you guys want you want the options just, oh. to, just to hear? Was Go. it Breakfast Club? Oh, incorrect. Oh. Teen Witch? Incorrect. Say anything. Incorrect. <laughs> it's a popular 80s teen? Absolutely. Back to the Future? <laughs> incorrect. Uh... Goonies. Incorrect. What's Lucas. That? Oh, incorrect. <laughs> was it that one with that guy who was almost Marty McFly? But oh, you got it. Oh. oh. No. It, oh. oh, I can't think of the it's name Eric of it. Stoltz? Yeah, it's the one. Some Kind of Wonderful. That's it. Oh, oh. I like that movie. Yeah. That's not it? No. Oh, oh it's not Some Kind of Wonderful? No, it's oh. not. <laughs> no, I just meant... Oh, okay. okay, what's what's the options? Yeah. Fast Times at Ridgemont High, oh. Wayne's World, Valley Girl, Adventures in Babysitting. Well, Wayne's World's teen comedy? You said Back to the Future. I think Wayne's World more than qualifies as a teen comedy. But Wayne's World was 90s. High school. Oh, that's true. So I, I'm I, guessing. I, I, I kind of, yeah, I kind of let them. Fast Times. It's true. Oh. Yeah, Fast Times. He turned it down. I was going to say Valley Girl, but I would have been wrong. I could imagine him doing Valley Girl, I think. Yeah. Question seven. David Lynch is 76 years old. Damn. How old is his wife? Kia. Yes. 40. <sighs> Incorrect. Ew, is she young? What is up with Hollywood men? I... 75? Incorrect. That would have been amazing. <laughs> it was like actually age appropriate. Yeah. She, she's actually 44, so you were oh. very, very close, Kia. Oh, I mean, but, still wrong. Yeah. But again, seriously, the amount, yes. the number of Hollywood men that I've, that I've looked up who are married to someone so much younger than them is just ridiculous. And they they uh, they have children. And everything. I feel like it's done intentionally. But I mean, I mean the the woman's a part of it too. She's dating an old man, or she's married to an old man. <laughs> no, I, yeah, I get that, but it's just you know. Yeah, love. Love is love, kid. Love is blind. Love is love. Age is just a number. <laughs> and a prenup <laughs> will hold up in court. Oh. Carry on. <laughs> number eight was asked to direct which of the following serial killer movies? A so it's one of these movies. Okay, he turned down. A, Silence of the Lambs. B, Henry, Portrait of a Serial Killer. C, Man Hunter. D, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Dose. Kia, yes. Man Hunter. That's correct. Yay! And we're tied. It's <laughs> like the lowest scoring one of all time. <laughs> all right, number nine. Which film is Lynch's biggest U.S. box office hit? Unadjusted for inflation. Jeff. Yes. Dune? That is correct. Aww. It only made $27 million domestically, <laughs> which is not that great. Uh, last question, guys. What famous director made his cast and crew watch Eraserhead 
before filming their own horror movie. Kia. Yes. Wes Craven. Incorrect. Oh, but not. John Carpenter. Incorrect. Oh. Do you guys want to keep guessing? Or you want to just, sure. you know, me just tell you? I'm trying to think of other horror movie directors. Yes, Eraserhead. You got to think of one oh, that came. That John, go ahead. John Carpenter. You just said that. Je- Jeff, oh. answer that one. Good, good guesses. On Clive both. Barker. No, incorrect. Uh, so is it probably around the same time you say? I would think so. How about? What year is Eraserhead? Seventy-nine. Oh. Oh, George Romero. Incorrect. Oh. I don't know any other horror directors. I guess. Uh. Uh, no, I did say I'd said what famous director. Oh, so it's not oh, necessarily. No, no, no. George Lucas. Incorrect. All right, I'm just gonna tell you guys. No See, way. Spielberg. Spielberg. <laughs> no. Oh, is it uh, Scorsese? Incorrect. Oh, you're, you're on the right track with Scorsese. I would oh. say. What does that mean? On the right track, like mob? it's a bona fide filmmaker. Yes, like one of these Francis guys. Ford Coppola. Very close. Mm. All right. All right, you, you want me to tell you? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Stanley Kubrick, before they did mm. The Shining. Oh, oh. you did the... <laughs> oh, you, you were thinking you Italian? Like or something? <laughs> yeah. No, I, I just meant, I'm doing a hand gesture. I just meant like, you know, like, like an auteur. And yeah. oh, I'm sorry. Scorsese as well. Okay, so how um, did it shake out? Jeff won four to two. Ah. Uh, Jeff is the close call. motherfucking Clearly, champion. we're not David Lynch... You know, aficionado. Did all right, especially me. I've never seen. Kind of makes it more done. fun because yeah, it, yeah. Makes, it, it makes it harder to know the answers. Yeah, I think yeah. it was a very fifty-fifty. Yeah. Hello, this is Dracula Gottfried, and you are listening. To the half-assed horrorcast, a show that is so bad that it's frightening. It's more painful to listen to this show than to get a stake through the heart. The half-assed horrorcast. Okay, we like to end every episode of the Half-Ass Horrorcast with What's Making Us Scared, in which we, the Half-Ass Horrorcast kids, tell you guys things in the horror genre and community that we're excited about, want you to know about, or just general life things. Kia? Yeah. Kick down those doors and let us know. Well, there is a TV show, a comedy horror TV show, coming out on HBO April 24th that looks really fun and it's British, so it probably will be pretty cool and good. Um, and it's called The Baby. What happens now? I know I'm not your mom. And you know I'm not your mom. I had this vision of just swinging Lily's head against the wall. Um, and just a quick description it says natasha is furious and her closest friends are all having babies but her life implodes when she unexpectedly ends up with a baby of her own controlling manipulative but incredibly cute the baby twists natasha's life into a surreal horror show so i just like it because usually movies about babies 
are sweet, loving, and oh, I want one, blah, blah, blah. So I like that this one, she's like, doesn't want it, and it's evil. Sounds fun to me. This is, this is another one of your recommendations without seeing I'm the show. I'm not recommending it. I'm just letting you know that it's coming. <laughs> Fair enough. And to watch. It's called The Baby, April 24th, HBO. Goo Goo Gaga. <laughs> I'm going to go next. Uh, I am going to recommend a synthwave indie band, I guess. This is uh, Soylent Chiba. Soylent so it's, Chiba. It's kind of like a play on Soylent Green and Sunny Chiba. So they oh. kind of mash those two things up, Soylent Chiba. And that is actually, I have the person's name here, because it's just one individual, Jake Douglas. He is Soylent Chiba. And it's a synth wave, and it's just really fun, driven music. And a lot of it is has spooky kind of undertones and everything, or samples, uh, horror scores that you're familiar with. all over the place he's got an ig and uh, twitter and obviously he's on Bandcamp. that's where he sells his music so yeah. very under the radar independent guy but check it out <laughs> soylent chiba on Bandcamp. nice jeffrey i'm going to just do a shameless plug of my own stuff no. i uh I'm, I'm gonna do another one of those like art fair art market things in nashville so if you're in the greater nashville area you can come to the Full Moon Market on May 14th. It's a Saturday from 4 to 9, and I'm going to have a table set up. I'm going to be selling my spooky prints and paintings and things like that. So if you want to nice. check it out, come come by, say hi, and, you know, just see what we got. I've got some stickers. I've been working on these new paintings that are on these little, like, coffin-shaped wood blocks that I got at Michael's. I showed Kia that last night. Yeah, that's really cool. Thanks. So yeah, I've got that, and I'm I have some more that I'm gonna try to get done before the show. So I'm gonna try to have a bunch of new stuff. So come check it out. And you're at Creatureville Arts on Instagram. If people yes. wanna, if they haven't already, they can check you out there to kind of keep abreast of exactly. what you're up to. Yeah. Also, I mean, I'm gonna say one other thing. Sure. I just remembered uh, the movie that we were all in. Oh yeah. I watched it last week. Oh wow. <laughs> And uh, we are not in it. <laughs> oh, you like really looked for I'm us. I'm kind of happy because yeah. I felt like it's like I probably did a horrible job. Well, we 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 hit the cutting room floor. I hung out with Aaron last night. Aaron's the writer director of this movie called Chest. It's a found footage horror film uh, made locally with a bunch of friends of mine, and uh, we were extras in a scene that was took place in a bar. And I was talking to Aaron last night. I was like, oh, I was like, I noticed we, we didn't make the cut. He was like, oh, yeah. He was like, that was kind of like a last minute thing. He's like, you guys were in it for a while. And he's like, he's like, I just kind of had to cut it for time. Mm. Uh, which is, it's crazy how short that scene is because of like how long we spent there. And like, oh, yeah. and they even like after we left, I think they shot more after we left when it got dark outside. And it's funny because that seems like super short. <laughs> I'm like, ah. But if you... If you pause it at just the right moment, you can see my head blurring in the background behind Dean Shortland. So 
that's, maybe, that's maybe we can convince them to do a half-ass horror cast cut and that oh, just yeah. includes that <laughs> that one moment you know send, send us the deleted scenes Aaron. <laughs> so right. yeah that's it cool Cool. Is there any word on distribution of that, or like where where people can see it? Or? Um, I don't know. I know he's he's been submitting it to a bunch of film festivals, mm. and I saw it because there was one of the film festivals had a thing where you could pay like twelve dollars and you could watch all the movies and then vote on which one you liked the best. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if that's still going on. Surely by the time this podcast come out, it probably won't right. still be going. But that's cool. yeah, but you you can check out Chest on Instagram. I should probably look up to see exactly what it is, because he always he's always posting like if it if it's available to watch somewhere he'll he'll post like a link to it. It's just it's chest movie on Instagram. Nice, chest shot, mostly in Middle Tennessee, right? Or is it all here? In Middle yeah, it's Tennessee? all all Tennessee. Nice. Yeah. Very cool. Well, Jeff, it's your pick it is. for next episode, and I'm picking Bubba Hotep. Oh. Which, as of this recording, is available on Amazon Prime and something else. But I checked it before I came here. If it's not still there by the time we record next time, what are you gonna do? I can't. I can't. Oh, no. I can't control. It. But you, you know, you know, uh, you know how I opened the floor to listeners for mm-hmm. what they want to listen or want us to review. But that came up oh, as, cool. as a listener request. So that's actually good because now I can push another one because we had quite a few. So yeah. this way we can kind of. Give the people what they want. It just kind of worked out nicely. Very cool. That's uh, Bubba Hotep. Next episode, starring Mr. Bruce Campbell. It's the Phantasm guy directing Don Cancellari. I'll cut that out. (laughs) Join us next time. Thank you guys for listening. Jeff and Kia, thank you for participating. Thank you. Peace. Farewell. Thank you for listening to the Half-Assed Horrorcast. You can find us on Instagram at Half-Assed Horrorcast, Facebook at Half-Assed Horror, Twitter at H-A Horrorcast, and you can send us an email at halfassedhorrorcast at gmail.com or visit our website, halfassedhorrorcast.com. Yeah.